you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here on the, really is the start of free agency, Buck, I guess officially because players can sign today. But, man, it's just about over, don't you think? <laughs> it seems like it seems like uh, going to the grocery store right now and you're looking for uh, paper towels or toilet paper. There's nothing left. All the notable <laughs> names are gone. Uh, everybody is already off the shelves, and we know where the majority of the big names are going. So it's been an interesting two days. Uh, the legal tampering period has delivered a lot of fireworks and trades. And so I can't wait to jump in and talk about some more of these. All right. Well, let's get to the big ticket item here because uh, it's not signed yet. Everything's agreed to, though. And uh, it looks as though Tom Brady has decided to go to Tampa. So it's going to be Tom Brady uh, linking up with Bruce Arians and uh, and really a big time set of receivers there. When you look at what he has with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, just your impressions on on why you think he went there and, and how do you like the fit? Well, I mean, I think he went there because he wanted a better supporting cast. I think he wanted an opportunity to play with um, 
some playmakers that could elevate his game as his game is beginning to decline. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, um, they, they have weapons galore on the outside. And so that should make life easier for him as he's pushing the ball down the field or working in between the numbers as he's been known to do. Uh, with Bruce Arians, you have a coach who is uh, more of a collaborator based on his experience in the past with Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, uh, Andrew Luck, what he did with Carson Palmer. Um, he is a guy that has a way of being demanding of his quarterbacks, but also being able to kind of meet them halfway and do some things that enable them to play at their best. And so I think when you're Tom Brady and he t- people have talked about this being an aspirational move, a move to kind of put yourself out there and challenge yourself to uh, be the best that you possibly could be. You want to go to a situation where you feel like you have the support needed to play at the level that everyone has grown accustomed to seeing you play. And so Tampa gave him the best opportunity to do that. No, it's interesting. I think a big part of it, too, he you know, was mentioned and reported about the fact he has a son in, in, uh, in New York and wanted to remain on the East Coast. I think that probably factored into it as well. Um, but when, when I look at him and, and how is he going to fit, how is he going to be successful there? I love the, the receivers that we talked about. I think O.J. Howard's going to be key there. I'd also throw in Cameron Brait. You know, I'd be able to use some of the two tight end stuff. Cameron Brait's it's a really good player. But when I look at, okay, now what do they need? Um, and I look at this group, Buck, they don't have they don't have their James White or their Kevin Falk. Uh, Ronald Jones, you know, we saw him some some glimpses last year of what he can be, but he's never going to be a big-time weapon in the passing game. And Tom Brady loves having a back that he can get the ball to on checkdowns, find mismatches, get him the ball quickly, uh, get the ball out. So I would imagine that's going to be on the to-do list uh, for Tampa in the upcoming draft. And I, I look at pick – you know, we'll see what they do here with the with the first round. They pick 14, which is going to get me to another question here in just a second. But I want to go to the second round pick here because they pick at 45. And to me, maybe you have to move up a little bit. But if if you were trying to find one player in this draft that would gel perfectly with Tom Brady, it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of LSU. And, and to mm. me, that would be the guy I would target if I was uh, Jason Light to kind of fill in this offense around him. Uh, but, but it leads me to my question for you, which is now where they're picking at 14, I had a talk with the general manager this morning, and uh, we were kicking around the Tom Brady thing. And I said, you know, it's going to be fascinating because with at a 43-year-old quarterback and you're Tampa, you have no long-term solution at the position. You're picking uh, at 14, which is going to be in range, probably have a shot at a guy like Jordan Love. Um, but are you going so all-in with Tom Brady that we want to use 14 to try and help us, you know, try and see if we can go hoist a trophy here in the next year? So we're going to get somebody to help Tom Brady, or do you do what's best for the organization long-term and and draft his successor? That's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating uh, in the team building process because like DJ, and and I'm going to say this, and I I know I sound like Debbie Downer when it comes to Tom Brady, but I I think what people have to understand, what you get in the leadership and the championship pedigree is outstanding. But I still can't forget the images that I saw when I looked at the tape last year. When you go back and you look at the numbers, like Tom Brady has been on a steady decline each and every year, particularly when it comes to being able to like handle the blitz. Um, He had like one of the lowest completion percentages of anybody in the league against the blitz, like 37.4%. It was the third lowest mark in the NFL. And 
when you compare that to what he did the previous year, where he completed 52% of those passes under pressure, to me, I just worry about his ability to play at a high level at this age behind an offensive line that hasn't been rock solid. It's not like he's playing behind a fortress in front of him in Tampa. And I just worry about the older he gets, the more he declines. And everyone has an expectation that we're going to see Tom Brady of old. And I just don't know if you can put that genie back in the bottle. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at, at this group. They have, I think they're good with their interior three. Um, the tackle position, I mean, really, they don't even have a right tackle right now. Like they've got to, uh, they've got to address that. So uh, offense line is not great on the edges. And the other thing is, I think when you look, mentioned those numbers last year, Buck, I think Gronk's a big part of that, right? He needs guys that can uncover right now. And when you look at Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, those are down-the-field weapons. So I would think they need to add somebody else into the mix here uh, that can uncover early. And I think that's why, you know, at, with the roster as it is, I think you'll see these tight ends get a ton of balls uh, because I don't know that they really have that guy uh, that can uncover right now at the wide receiver position, more physical down the field guys. Even though Godwin plays a lot in the slot, that's not the typical slot type of player that Brady's had. He's had more of the quick uh, undersized, the, the Edelmans, the Amendola types. Um, so I, I'm anxious to see how this whole thing comes together. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's challenging because right now, like we can laud them for the weapons that they have, but I don't know if their weapons are necessarily ideal fits for how Tom Brady throws like when you really look at his game he works inside the numbers and so you talk about the tight ends the tight ends Cameron Brate, OJ Howard they're very very important in terms of work in the middle of the field because that's the line of vision that's where he's going to throw that's how he gets rid of the ball versus pressure out wide is where Tom Brady has struggled of late like last year pass rating was only 67.4 and he just had a tough time pushing it outside the numbers. So Bruce Arians and Tom Brady somehow have to get together during this break period. They got to figure out a way to put together an offense that works for Tom Brady and where he's at. And I'm sure they've been digging into the film and Brian Leftwich and Arians have come up with ideas. But if there's not a minicamp period, an OTA period, and they're left to just kind of get it done in training camp like they did in 2011 with the lockout, this team could start slow out the gate until everyone gets on the same page when it comes to fitting into how Tom Brady wants to play. All right, let's flip the script to the uh, to the Patriots side of this thing. Because um, the question everybody's going to ask is, oh, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? I firmly believe Jared Stidham is their quarterback. Um, and everything I've been told is that they believe Jared Stidham um, is very similarly – the way they felt about Jimmy Garoppolo. They put him on that level where they thought, you know, Garoppolo, if Brady were to, to shut it down early, they would just give it to Garoppolo and go. And they have that type of confidence in Jared Stidham. So they got him in the fourth round, but tool-wise, and you've, we've all seen him throw, Buck. I mean, he's very talented. And I think his athleticism is going to give him something that Tom doesn't have, obviously. So I think you're going to see a little bit different offense uh, with Stidham at the controls there. But I know everybody's seen like they're gonna get this guy, go get that guy. I think their starting quarterback's already on the roster. Yeah, like I, I, I can believe that, DJ. I think you make a good point about Jared Stidham. I will say this though: um, the Patriots in their history, um, and th- this kind of goes all the way back. This is kind of an old Al Davis philosophy, right? Al Davis with the Raiders, the late Al Davis used to believe in always kick tires on uh, discarded top picks. 
first round picks were picked in the first round for a reason and maybe a change of environment, uh, a better uh, player deployment can help those guys play at the level where they were drafted. And so when I think about like people talking about the trade for Andy Dalton, uh, they talk about what veteran quarterbacks could be available. The Patriots have always been a value-based organization, uh, low risk, high reward. And so as they continue to wait, because we talked about the quarterback musical chairs, I can't help but think, man, I wonder if Jameis Winston is sitting out there for a long time, if they'll kick the tires on Jameis Winston, because he doesn't have any leverage. He's not going to command top dollar. But if you're able to take that talent and maybe as a backup or maybe he gets an opportunity to play, maybe you can get something out of that without having to give up trade assets for an Andy Dalton or anybody else. I just think that's kind of the move that they traditionally made. Someone that's been discarded that they pick up and then they play differently in New England than they had in other places. Yeah, I heard uh, I just heard Rich Eisen had a nugget yesterday, and I'm sure it's in our research packet. I haven't had a chance to go through it yet. Um, but the, the last time the Patriots had somebody start a quarterback for them who wasn't selected by them in the draft was like in the early 90s, which sounds crazy, right? But then you think about Bledsoe and his long run um, really kind of going right into Tom. And then when Tom missed some time, it was Matt Castle, uh, and then it was uh, and it was Garoppolo. So that is insane to think that you have not had a game started by somebody that wasn't drafted by your team in that long. That 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 to me blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, me, but it speaks to like wanting to like homegrown stuff. You know, what I'm saying like develop your own, put them in your system, being able to put them on the practice field, being able to really uh, know everything about them. So you can tailor made the offense to what they do. The Patriots for so long have really done a good job of, and you hear Belichick talk about this all the time. Don't tell me what a player can't do. Tell me what he can do and only ask them to do those things. That's why they've had so many, so much success with the guys that they've had, like cast offs or whatever. When it comes to the quarterback, I think the consistency and the stability of their system has enabled them to play well with uh, homegrown guys. Uh, since 2000, 2001, when Belichick got there, the playbook has remained the same. Despite Charlie Weiss and Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels and other guys kind of leaving as coordinators, the system has always been the same. So that stability has enabled guys to grow in the system and for them to thrive. And I think it will be the same with Jared Stidham. Obviously, Josh McDaniels will find a way to kind of cater it to his strengths. But I would expect him to play well because everybody who's played quarterback for them has played well. Brissett, Garoppolo, Hoyer, anyone who's got an opportunity to drive the, the, the car has done well in New England. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is uh, it's been a it's been a wild, wild 24 hours, Buck. There's more things beyond uh, Tom Brady. We talked about it yesterday. All signs pointed towards Philip Rivers signing with the Colts. Um, that is exactly what happened with them on a one year deal. Um, the Chargers trying to move on um, after uh, not getting Tom Brady. Philip Rivers has moved on, so they did need to address the offensive line. They go out and sign Brian Bulaga, uh, the right tackle from the Packers, who's reunited with James Camp and his former O-line coach with the Packers, who's now with the Chargers. Um, a couple other interesting deals, Buck. Malcolm Jenkins. Oh, before you before you move on, because I know you had conversations with Philip Rivers, and I kind of would like to dig into that just a little bit more. Like, sure. how did Philip feel about the opportunities that are presented in front of him in Indianapolis because he's leaving a, a team in, in L.A. that had weapons on the outside 
he doesn't have the same kind of weapons on the outside in Indianapolis. He may have a better offensive line, but he doesn't have the weapons on the outside. Like, how did he feel about that? Or how do you feel about that, having watched him each and every week? Yeah, I, I said it, and I said it yesterday too, just my own personal opinion, that they have work to do. And I think you'll see Chris Ballard uh, add to that receiver position, it, both in, in the days uh, ahead as well as once we get into the draft. So they, they need more weapons. Uh, I like Jack Doyle. He's a good tight end. Um, I like T.Y. Hilton, but they need more. Uh, we, we, you've been the kind of the president of the Marlon Mack fan club. Uh, Naheem Hines is a, is a good player, but they need more receivers. They need one or two more guys. you got to hope Paris Campbell is going to be healthy this year, and you can use him in a variety of roles. But I think Rivers, is he's excited about the offensive line that they have in place. Um, he's excited about the whole culture of the building, um, you know, just the, the whole thing. I mean, he's – uh, he talked about how much he enjoyed playing in Indianapolis. Thought, you know, really, really smart fans. Uh, you know, when Peyton got there, Peyton almost, you know, kind of coached up their fans where when they had the ball on offense, you could hear a pin drop. Um, so he, kinda, he spoke to that, you know, environment, you know, the environment there. He's excited about that. Um, and then he, he went off on, uh, on how pumped he was for the trade for DeForest Buckner. He said that was a, look. This shows you this team is aggressive and they want to win right now. And and you go out and get DeForest Buckner, who's one of the best in the business. So um, yeah, he's he's excited. I kept using the word fired up. I mean, it's you can see how Philip Rivers is like that personality wise. But he's he's very excited to get there. And I think you know the fact that you're not going to have an off season. I mean, who knows how this all shakes out, Buck, with what's going on with the coronavirus, but. This might be a situation where teams just show up, you know, hopefully uh, at training camp. So <laughs> off season, you 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 go into a system, a place where you don't know the language or the system or the people. That's a challenge. So the fact that he knows this offense already, he's already played in it. He has relationships with the head coach and offensive coordinator. Um, I think that'll make that a little bit easier transition. You know, it's funny, DJ. I, I've always felt like the Indianapolis thing was the best situation for him. And, I, and I'm going to say this without knowing anything about it, but I do believe Philip is at a level where he needed to be coached and maybe coached hard. And I think because the relationship that Frank previously had with him, I think Frank Wright can kind of coach him hard. So we've seen the turnovers and the turnovers, the bad decisions at the end of games. I think the respect factor from quarterback to coach uh, matters. And I think Frank can get – Philip to understand where he is in his career, what his limitations are, and to kind of play to that line but not cross that line. I think that relationship could help Philip Rivers play better, even though his skills may be declining. Um, also, being able to play in the dome, he plays a nice weather, obviously in LA, but I think playing in the dome helps because when you look at their division, uh, Houston plays inside, Jacksonville plays in great weather, Tennessee. Only late in the year do you have to worry about bad weather. So you're talking about the majority of his games, at least 10 or more games are going to be played in nice conditions. That should help him play at a higher level when it comes to his physical ability. Yeah, and I I think when you talk about that as well as with the offensive line protecting him, Buck, he got, he was pretty beat up at the end of the year last year. Um, so I think just him you know, being healthy and on his feet uh, – and being indoors, all that, all those things add up to, you know, a chance to extend his career a little bit. Now he mentioned, you know, they did the one year deal. Um, but he's, you know, he's not, he's not thinking about ever playing anywhere else. He wants to go there 
um, play well and, and earn and earn more years with the Indianapolis Colts. So, uh, you know, I think that's that's kind of the game plan there uh, for him. And he's going in there with the hope that this is not just a, a one year situation that he can finish up his career there with a couple good years. No, look, I don't I don't think that's a bad approach for him. And I saw this and I can't take full credit for this because I saw Matt Hasselbeck talk about this. And Matt Hasselbeck talked about Peyton Manning. You talked about them coaching up the Indianapolis fans. Well, Matt Hasselbeck mm-hmm. talked about how Peyton Manning basically coached up the entire organization on how to be quarterback friendly. And so he talked about how when um, you go out and you're a quarterback and you want to get extra reps early before practice, the training staff is out there, the equipment staff, they have video set up ready to tape it and watch it. And so this is a situation where the standard is high for quarterback play, but they also do everything in their power to make sure that the quarterback has everything he needs to play well. So for Phillip Rivers, it's an opportunity for him to continue to be the franchise quarterback with all of the things that he needs to perform at that high level. So I think that is very important as people get comfortable in their routines that the Colts understand the need for a quarterback to have a routine. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I, I'm anxious to see how this whole thing comes together and how it works out again. Uh, see what happens with the off season here. I, I want to get your thoughts on, on a couple of things here. Um, the Eagles moving on from Malcolm Jenkins um, is one. And then the Raiders, which is kind of an interesting one, signing Jason Witten. So I think there's some parallels there in that Malcolm Jenkins, um, I think his leadership was probably greater than his level of play as of late. Yeah. But there's a lot of value there. And I think that's why that was a tough decision for the Philadelphia Eagles to move on. And I think similarly, while Jason Witten, I don't think he has a whole lot left, Buck, um, but he is a big-time, big-time culture guy, leader, leadership guy. Um, and I think it – we always say it all the time. Like there's, there's no such thing, in my opinion, as the right plan or the wrong plan. It's really having a plan and not having a plan. So when I look at what the Raiders do, bringing in, you know, Jeff Heath, who was a captain, uh, bringing in uh, Witten, who's known as, as a great leader and a captain, um, you know, Nassib's real smart, tough. Like they have their type. They have their their type of people they want in their building, and they're continuing to build on what they did last year. Uh, I just think it's fascinating because it's not just us evaluating these guys as players. It's all the other stuff as well. Yeah, DJ, I think it's very apparent what the Raiders are doing. Um, it started last year in the draft. Uh, they're bringing people in from championship cultures of guys who kind of understand how to approach it um, like professionals and approach it in a manner that is conducive to putting the team in a position to win championships. So last year they took those guys from Alabama and Clemson and had success. This year, when you look at the offseason and what they've been bringing in, they've been bringing model citizens that fit into the fabric of the locker room. I think what you're trying to get is a transformation of the culture in the locker room a more professional, a more hardworking group. Uh, guys that don't talk a lot, but guys that just kind of go to work. And I think that's apparent in Jason Witten, Jeff Heath. I also think it's apparent in Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is quiet, but he's a worker. He's not going to stir it up. He's going to go about his business. The way that he handled the situation in uh, Tennessee when Ryan Tannehill took over his job, he didn't make waves. And I think that's very appealing as you're building a locker room, and you wanted to be competitive, you wanted to be competitive without being disruptive. And right now, when I look at the Las Vegas Raiders, they have the people that can kind of follow that 
that mantra. That's what they want to be, super competitive, but everyone kind of pulling the boat in the right direction. Yeah, and I also – another thing they did is they addressed the linebacker position, and we talked about that a little bit, I believe, yesterday. We're bringing in Corey Littleton, um, uh, uh, Kwiatkowski, bringing him in. It takes them away from being pressured to take a linebacker. Um, they still have that need at wide receiver, but – you know, this is a draft where we've talked about it, you know, so much. There's going to be plenty of uh, opportunities to address the wide receiver position. Well, I think what they've done is I think they freed themselves up to do what everybody would like to do in personnel. On draft day, you would just like to take the best players, regardless of positions. The highest ranked guys on your board, you just want to pluck those guys off the board. So now they've taken the pressure off of, well, we don't need to go get a quarterback in the first round because we have a guy, Marcus Mariota, to push Derek Carr. We'll see what that looks like. Um, you talk about Littleton coming over uh, the linebacker position. So maybe we don't need to move around to make sure that we get uh, Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen. We can just sit, let the board fall to us, and just take the best players. And I think that is always the best approach. It's kind of like going to the grocery store when you're hungry versus when you're content. When you're hungry, you can grab a bunch of different stuff and you put in the cart. When you're content, you're able to be a little more focused and take exactly what you need. And I think for the Raiders, they want to put themselves in a position where they could shop the way they wanted to shop. Well, it, it's it's a great point. And I went to the grocery store hung, hungry about a week ago, Buck, and I think I have enough food to last me the next three months. <laughs> I did the same. I just wish I had taken um, uh, toilet paper and paper towels because that's that's where I need to make sure I go and stock up. And it's hard to find that stuff. I know, man. It's, uh, it's a hot commodity right now around the world. Um, all right, I want to I want to hit on something else here um, as we kind of wrap up what we're talking about today with these moves. But we're talking about this with a couple guys around the league. Uh, the challenge of of picking players in this upcoming draft that weren't uh, invited to the combine, and it's not because you didn't get forty times. You don't care about that, but it's because you don't get medical. Um, you don't get a chance to get a physical on those guys, which that's what these visits were for, where you bring guys into your building that might not be combine players. Uh, but you like them and they're uh, they're in the draftable range on your board. You bring them in so you can get a physical and put a medical grade on them uh, before you pick them. We used to always tell guys, if we don't have a medical grade on you, we're not going to pick you. So you better make time in your schedule to come on a visit if we invite you because that's how we get you on our draft board. And now that, that's gone. And um, there's some conversation going on, on around the league about different ideas of how you could try and get this accomplished and it's going to involve a lot of teams working together, all the teams, all 32 teams working together to share information. So instead of, let's say you have a linebacker at UCLA and say you're the Washington Redskins and you want to, you know, the guy wasn't invited to the combine. You want to get a medical on him. Um, We're not allowed to fly anybody in, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, maybe if we could kind of all agree on, you know, maybe 10 or so players, um, in each area of the, in each area around all 32 teams, that's, that's 320 players you could get medicals on if they just went to the local, you know, hospital there and then the facility there and did the, did it there and then share the information with all the other teams. So there's discussions like this, a lot of these different things, people don't think about the impact of the, of the coronavirus on the, the personnel side of things. And I know grand scheme of life, it's, it's so low on the, on the, on the, on the list, Buck, but it is something teams are trying to figure out. Yeah, no, no, I think they definitely are trying to figure it out. And I do believe that there's going to be some kind of collaborative effort created um, to enable guys to kind of get some of this medical information. A lot of it depends on uh, how long the quarantine lasts and, and what 
the, the state of the epidemic is like in the country. But uh, I do believe that you have to start having some of these contingencies in, in place to deal with the medical. I think the other thing that will come out of this, um, DJ, we both work for a handful of front offices and we've had a bunch of different scouts that are there. And a lot of times the top guy, the director, the general manager, um, they understand the strengths and weaknesses of their scouting staffs. This year, more than ever, you're going to have to lean on your your area scouts that are really, really strong when it comes to the evaluation standpoint. Some guys are information gatherers. Other guys are real evaluators. And I think when we get down into those lower rounds, you're going to lean on the guys from the area that your best scouts are located because you have a better feel for what their eyes are and what they typically like and they bring in. And if you're not able to get multiple eyes on that player, like physically during the fall, you can look at the tape now. But I think the strong scouts are going to have more say, more pull in this draft than they've ever had because guys have not been able to fly people in and get to know them. And so you're really leaning on your top evaluators to kind of circle the guys that we need to target, that we need to pick up, not only in the later rounds, but as free agents. Yeah, you, you got to trust those guys, and that's what it comes down to. And we'll find out who those strong organizations and who those strong staffs are uh, once we get to, to late April. A couple other things, Buck. We talked at the top or a little bit earlier about Malcolm Jenkins and the Eagles. Looks like he's going to return uh, to the New Orleans Saints. So you talk about valuing him and leadership and knowing what he brings to the table. Um, that makes sense with him going to the Saints. And then Jarrell Casey uh, traded to the Denver Broncos. They've, they've been aggressive this offseason, man. I think they're kind of the forgotten team uh, in the AFC West. But when you look at the nucleus, uh, the young nucleus they have on offense there, uh, Drew Locke showed some some real signs last year with Cortland Sutton, uh, Phillip Lindsay. I mean, that's a, that is a good, good young core they have. And they've added to this defense with A.J. Bouye, uh, now you go out and get a Jarrell Casey. Very, very active group here with the Broncos. Yeah, I think what's important about that, uh, prior to the uh, legal tampering period starting, the Denver Broncos didn't have any starters on their defensive line. They didn't have anybody. Everybody was up free. Derek Watt, Adam Gostas, like they needed more people that could play right away. Jarrell Casey gives them a guy that obviously can start and be an impact player in Vic Fangio's defense. So the trade for them is terrific. It also enables them to go into the draft without having to really uh, pinpoint a specific area. Uh, I think in my last mock draft, I mocked Javon Kinlaw to them because they didn't have any starters. Well, now there's not as much pressure to make sure that they get them. Uh, I think what's interesting, uh, we've talked about this on air and and privately. uh, We're seeing more trades than ever in the National Football League. And some of that has been driven by, we talked about, uh, the youth at those leadership positions at general manager. Young guys have grown up on the road together, more relationships, more willing to kind of deal. Man, we are seeing people really use the trade vehicle to really upgrade their team. And it's something that is great. I mean, maybe it's the fantasy football player in me that loves kind of seeing people swap. But I, I do like the fact that people are more willing to trade and exchange players as opposed to just hoarding players and picks doing it the old school way that was kind of the way it was done when we were working as scouts in the league, which was only like five, six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. No, it, it is true. And I think you're seeing um, some of this impact, I think, is from studying other sports, too. I think you're seeing it in baseball um, with younger general managers. Obviously, a lot of the analytics stuff came into play there. 
um, but studying them and, um, and and being more willing to to make these type of roster changes and moves and uh, realizing that there's a lot of outlets to make your team better and taking advantage of all of them. So uh, it's a uh, it's a wild time, man. It's it's going to be fascinating to see once this free agency period kind of wraps up over the next couple of days. Well, the majority of these guys will all be gone and all signed. Um, and then where do we go from there, Buck? We uh, we start really really honing in and locking in on the draft, which is uh, something we're going to do on Friday. We're going to have uh, our buddies uh, Rhett Lewis and uh, and Lance Zerline are going to join us, and we're going to have uh, some fun answering questions that you guys have left us on Apple Podcasts. If you go into the review section in there, um, and if you have a question for us, just leave it in there, and uh, we're going to answer a bunch of those on Friday as well as have some uh, some fun draft talk, Buck. Yeah, no, it should be a lot of fun, man. It's been uh, a lot of fun just kind of going through this. The movement, uh, the beginning of the league year has brought a lot of excitement. Uh, it's been a lot of free agency stuff, but after this week, all eyes will go back to the draft because you know how it goes. The first wave of free agency gets to pop, and then everyone settles in. They reassess the landscape, and then they hone in on where they need to pinpoint and target in the draft. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we'll uh, we'll have you covered here. Uh, be on the lookout again, uh, trying to give you as much content as we can during this time. Um, hope you all are safe at home, and uh, hope you get a little bit of a break and enjoy the conversations we have here on move the sticks do want to thank um, Arjuna I want to thank Nabil and, uh, and Mark Brady for kind of guiding us through this period where we're, we're both at home and, and trying to just make sure we can still get you guys content so definitely want to thank them for that uh, remember you can uh, you can find all the videos nfl.com slash mts video or you go to the youtube channel youtube.com slash nfl podcasts uh, that's going to do it for us today thanks for listening to move the sticks You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 